0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 92 of the Artful Athlete Podcast. I'm back, voices. It's good to be home. It's good to connect to projects, to people, and good energies, because there's been a lot of that, and it helps. It helps with balancing out and handling the more somber and tense thoughts and situations, and stress. And I'm really deeply thankful for my friend who took me to visit her homeland for a week. I had all the delicious food within chewing reason because, you know, um, I'm still under... I was actually at the time still under the six-month mark when it came to the bone healing with me jaw. So been careful, but still got to taste all the things. I've listened to the birds in the sky, the bells echoing on the hills the wind dancing in the leaves of the lemon and mandarin tree. The weather was on our side too, and a visit to the Ionian sea was arranged, and it was all I really wanted. <laughs> it was it was the sea, and it was deep blue, and it was refreshing and invigorating, in what to me felt like an idyllic setting. I'm going to do a little photo dump on my personal Instagram account if you'd like to see where this mystical paradise was in the northern part of Greece. We were there just in time to celebrate Orthodox Easter. And in this region, there are a lot of traditional rituals and celebration almost every day during the Holy Week. One of them... On the Thursday night is the decoration of epitaphs and ornamented coffins with fresh flowers. I say coffins with an S, but each church in the town decorates one. So in the end, we had five to look at, but each church decorates one. The coffins are technically empty and act as a symbolic beer of Jesus. The decorating happens overnight, and everyone in the village and the parish is involved. We toured around the five churches in my friend's hometown that night, and the scent of freshly cut flowers followed us one epitaph to the next. On Good Friday, these flowery coffins are presented to the city through a procession. After having gathered with the other epitaphs from the other churches, they each find their way back to their original churches where they were created ready for the resurrection of christ the following night but that smell that smell of freshly cut flowers because they would cut the flower from the stem and use that to decorate but apparently that's considered the lazy way of decorating them that's what my friend and and her father were saying and we saw one church do the traditional way which meant they would remove each petal individually and then glue it on the, the epitaph, the coffin they were decorating. And it smelled incredible. It was, if spring had a smell, it was that smell. Combined with a little bit of myrrh and, you know, that scent that candles have? Unscented candle. I'm not talking anything with, like, mixed perfumes or whatever. Just a candle burning multiple of them and a bit of myrrh and incense and the flowers oh the flowers it was incredible so then all the epitaphs and the coffins make their way back to where they were created for the following night and on the saturday then as the priest announces the resurrection the crowd receives a light on a candle everybody has to bring their own candle there were shops in town where you could get a special candle made for easter and the designs on them were wild and everyone there is a candle for everyone if if there's a lesson i've taken from these candle shops everybody can find a candle that fits them i ended up getting a (laughs) we were walking down the main one of the main streets and there were a couple of shops and my friend pointed at a little prince candle because you know me being French and all that. And The Little Prince is actually one of my favourite books of all times. As a child, we I've read it and listened to it a lot, and it's just one of these really special books for me. So the Little Prince candle made sense. And I still have it. I'll show you a picture on Instagram if you want. But anyway, the priest announces the resurrection, the crowd receives a light, everybody lights their candle, and um there is also a dummy version of Judas that's set on fire. My friend had warned us. She told us about the burning of Judas. But still, we we got to the little piazza near the church and two of us, the two tourists obviously, jumped. You have to understand, it was night and at first all we saw was the shape of a man hanging from a pole. Our friend laughed and told us to come closer. And this is when we discovered the dummy Judas with purple banknotes pouring out of his pockets, a Dracula-esque mask in lieu of face, and it was key detail. It was wearing flip-flops with socks on. Quite a sight. Quite a sight. But from afar, it looked creepy, and from up close, it was still, you know, a scary sight because it's, you know, evil Judas and all that. But yeah, and then... When we were all passing each other the light and lighting up our candles, uh, somebody who was front row just poured some burning alcohol on it and set the dummy on fire. Yeah, and that was that. After the celebration at midnight, after having burnt Judas and gotten your candle, everybody goes home and eats an Easter soup called maillerica. There's traditional music on television. It's a night of celebration prior to Easter Sunday. The whole of Greece is preparing and eating the same thing right now, my friend said. And you know what? I found that magical, in a way, because there's something to recognise in how traditions can unify all of us. There's also beauty in the ritualistic approach to celebration. Yes, obviously here I'm talking about a huge celebration, um, a religious and spiritual celebration, that of Orthodox Easter in Greece. But in this, I also find the reminder that we have the potential to create rituals on a more intimate level too, and how these moments can help us unify the different parts within ourselves. and. I feel and have realised that it's something I'd been missing for some time now. I've talked about it here over the past few months, um, but yes, the second half of 2021 was intense. And this first quarter of 2022 has also been a challenge. I'm not sure that I was running on empty, but I struggled to keep hope. I struggled to go to bed, to get out of bed. I have been able to achieve some things, But I was trying also to find ways to balance everything at the same time that was going on within. And this has had an impact on my relationship to my day, my life, to my work and business. It's had a tremendous impact on that, on my art as well. And it's also had an impact on my why. I forgot my why. Forgot why I wanted to do what I wanted why I loved voice and expression, why I enjoyed some of the things I did, why I'd ended up here in the first place where I am now. And I'm still not 100% sure I found these why again. And exploring and reconnecting to the why is something I'll cover over the next couple of weeks. Hey, I'm going through it, so I might as well share it because maybe it's something that could help you too. And it helps My brain to clarify things, to talk to you about it. Do you get that when you're trying to understand something and actually being able to run it through with someone or talk about it with someone actually helps you find clarity within that? I get that a lot. So, hey, you're on the other side, so I'm going to talk to you. Connecting to the reason behind our need for expression, our hopes of connection and creation, the why behind our words and drive and more. That's what helps us get back on the bandwagon. And as it is something I already apply to my practice and with my clients, it seems only natural to let it pour into this podcast too. This week of of rest, of rituals and nature, the rhythm of nature, of sunrises and sunsets, of gentle waves hitting the pebbles of the Ionian coast, the walking pace... The moments of stillness, listening and tuning into the apparent quietness of a place you don't know. It's a break, a break in your own habits and whirlwind of your nature and walking pace. It's an occasion to try something else, to connect to a culture, a place, a song you don't know or have become unfamiliar with because you've forgotten it was a possibility for you too. I came back a week ago and even though I was quite emotional at the idea of coming back because I don't know what tomorrow brings and I'm in a stressful situation at the moment and I'm meant to limit stress, so I'm doing all the things to not let stress take hold of my body. When I boarded the plane, it was a moment of I don't know how I'm going to get eaten when I come back. It's a French expression. I don't know if you have this, but you... you. You say that you don't know with which sauce you're going to get eaten when you go into a situation. I'm not sure what a non-culinary equivalent would be in English. I'd need to research that because right now it's escaping my mind. But yeah, you don't know what tomorrow brings. And before leaving for Greece, I I'd worked in order to get some boxes ticked to send some threads here and there to get stuff going to rekindle with a new energy and new projects and There was inherently just a lot of anxiety and fear at the idea of coming back because I didn't know what was going to happen. And I still don't, really. I have some things that I'm going to mention which uh, have been happening and I'm excited to share with you. But at the time, this was what I was feeling. But you know what? Somehow, since coming back, I've accomplished more for myself than I did before my departure and in a more peaceful manner in a more determined fashion and in a more organized way. It makes sense when you think about it, because when you're getting too tense working on something, you take a walk, you have a breather, and then you revisit it afresh a few hours later or the next day. And I'd not had the chance to give myself such an opportunity in a long time. Now I'm working on turning my ship around and pulling myself out of the rut I'd fallen into, And I'm looking forward to being able to experience another break such as this soon, at some point. I've heard your feedback, thank you very much, when it comes to this little podcast. And there's plenty coming your way. Future guests have been approached. And as soon as I've got the lineup confirmed, you'll be the first to know. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm going to be sharing a little about the events and exhibitions and books and other cultural tidbits that have helped me fuel my voice. And I'm looking at sharing two episodes a week with you very soon, which is a big step and an exciting one for me. I'm still going to be sharing jaw, periodontal illness content and breath sessions. And on the topic of breath, I am thinking of making sure there's at least one a month available on this podcast. And that's podcast side creatively. I'm very excited to share that I've joined the ACX narrators and will be auditioning and reading audiobooks with them, which will then be published on platforms such as Audible and other audiobooks apps. And this is very exciting and means so much to me because audiobooks, audiobooks just mean the world to me. They just do. I've, I've got a deep connection to these since I was a kid and I'll tell you more about it in the future. So stay tuned as I'll be sharing these projects with you too. I'm still taking individual coaching sessions online, so breathwork, jaw release, energy clearing, voice connection and embodiment. If you're feeling heavy, burdened with emotions or stress, turmoil, pain. If you're feeling disconnected from your creation, your voice and the world around you. If you feel like you're in a fog and are seeking to gain clarity, get in touch. I'll be running a limited 20% discount this month for online individual sessions. Meanwhile, have a wonderful week, stay hydrated, and catch you next Thursday to explore this why. Much love to you all, and I'll speak to you soon.